Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Barry Guy. It's been a big week or so for rugby and that has nothing to do with the action on the field. World Rugby has come under fire after the setup of a proposed World League was leaked to the media. It included 12 teams, including the world's top 10 along with Japan and the USA, but none of the other emerging nations, including the Pacific Islands. World Rugby has backed down somewhat, saying nothing has been decided and that they're all for the promotion of the game around the world. Joining me is rugby reporter Joe Porter. Joe, I suppose this shows the power of the media when you can get uh, your teeth into something, especially when it comes to uh, inequality. Yeah, that's right. Look, the initial proposal that we all saw the leaked details of for this World League that World Rugby were coming up with, um, were, were met with a lot of criticism, to you know, to put it lightly. A lot of people were outraged that the Pacific Islands weren't involved, that it seemed to just be favouring teams that had the potential to bring broadcast money with them over teams that actually deserved to be there. There was a lot of outrage over player welfare and how many games it would be adding to the season and and a whole lot of anger in general, really. Now, World Rugby have come out and clarified their positions since the bollocking from the media and other interested parties, including many players' associations, the All Blacks captain himself, Kieran Reid, etc., etc. And they have clarified their position and said that it would actually be a two-tier competition where the second-tier nations would get a crack, the likes of all the Pacific Island teams, your Georgias and, and your other African sides like Namibia and teams on the up, etc., etc. So there would be room for those teams to play in a second-division competition, and it would be promotion relegation to the top-tier competition, which would involve the six nations' European teams, the four rugby championship teams, with two teams added to that so based on world rankings. So the two teams added to the that rugby championship currently would be Fiji and Japan. So it would be a fair spread of, based on world rankings as to who gets added. All the teams are involved and there is a chance for promotion and relegation. So it would seem to be a much more inclusive model that is aimed at growing the game in around the globe. It doesn't seem to have uh, as many games as what we feared, so that's a good thing in terms of player welfare. Um, and it's not run in World Cup years, and there's a few other little variations around British and Irish Lions tours and bits and pieces. But on the whole, it looks like a much more um, in- inclusive and uh, holistic proposal from World Rugby. So what do you, generally on the, the whole conversation, I, I mean, I'm old school. I, I used to like tours, and they have more or less gone now. You know, uh, They're all going to be one-off sort of tests. I heard Sir Graham Henry mention that, you know, it might sort of, it'll, it'll take the shine off the World Cup. I mean, I mean, do you like the whole idea, really? I mean, is it necessary? You know, um, I suppose it's making it more of a global game. I guess, well, the, the selling point, and this is how World Rugby will try and sell it, is that it gives all tests between all nations relevance so you get the june windows where you get your weekend six nations teams coming down here and your end of year tours with the all blacks take experimental sides over and the games don't necessarily mean a lot what this does is that each time those because the the games will be in those windows each time you play those teams there'll be points carried over to this world league so therefore every time you play england it counts towards this and the top four teams two from the southern hemisphere rugby championship two from the northern hemisphere will play off in semi-finals and then a finals to determine the World League winners each year. So it makes those 
June and November internationals have relevance because whoever wins them gets to carry on those points into the top competition now. I guess that has relevance for the top teams because there will be more money from it and other bits and pieces. But yeah, if you have a world champion essentially every year and based on only playing each other once, it, it does take a little bit of a gloss off the World Cup because it removes some of its point of difference. Now, we won't have the World League during a World Cup year, but it just essentially just seems like a becomes an extended World League tournament, doesn't it? So I have my doubts as to whether or not the World Cup will still be able to maintain its pinnacle status um, in the face of this proposed Global Nations Cup or whatever it's called. However, I guess one, only the, the mere fact is once every four years might give it some clout. But yeah, it, it's, it, they don't seem different enough. But hey, that's me and this isn't going to be set to be put in place until 2022 if it is agreed upon. So there's a few years yet for us to try and figure out what it might look like and how it might affect the other existing tournaments. Also big news uh, this week, uh, Kieran Reid uh, has decided, well it had been suggested, but Kieran Reid has confirmed that he will hang up his international boots after the Rugby World Cup and he's going to go and spend some time at Japan, but I suppose um, in, in a way no no surprise there really. No, makes sense, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth, not really, but compared to some internationals and at 33 and after having played 100 tests plus for the All Blacks and many, many more for the Crusaders, he's well and truly done his time and earned his, his chance to make a bit of coin overseas. Japan seems like a good option for a Ford, a man who's had a few tough injuries as well and a few head knocks. It's probably probably a safer option than going to the meat market, which is France. So, yeah, spend a bit of time in Japan, make some money. The season's not too difficult. Expose your young family to a new culture and some, well, fantastic culture, actually, with some, you know, great cuisine, great food, great experiences and learn a different language too. So I think it's a good option for Kieran Reid and well-deserved. Yeah, that's enough about rugby. Changing subjects to something a little closer to home this weekend in particular. National Athletics Championships are in Christchurch. It's a big program at Napuna Wai. The first time the Nationals have been back to the Garden City since the 2011 earthquake. An interesting contest in some events we don't usually associate New Zealanders with, especially at the top level, sprinting. Yeah, that's uh, somewhat uh, well. People might recognise the game of uh, the the name of Inketia, uh, actually, uh, Joe. He is competing in the the sprint. Edward Osei Inketia is the son of Gus Inketia, who uh, represented New Zealand in the nineties at the Commonwealth Games in ninety four and the Olympics in ninety six. He was a sprinter, and he still holds the national record in the hundred metres. So uh, the younger Nkitia is coming up against Joseph Miller, who is an Olympian, uh, has done particularly well. He's held the uh, double, I think, for uh, quite a while. He's certainly defending it in Christchurch this weekend. So so the mere fact that one of the uh, feature events is going to be a sprint is, is an interesting one for the track and field uh, nationals this weekend and one that we're looking forward to. So uh, the 17-year-old, he's from Wellington, um, you know, he's come through the schooling system there. He holds the junior record uh, of 10.3 for the 100 metres and 20.76 for the 200. Um, and so um, he's going to give Joseph Miller a real challenge, I think. And um, Miller is looking to get his sixth national title in both events. So it's going to be, um, yeah, an exciting uh, double in the sprint. Yeah, unusual that the sprints are taking almost centre stage, but it's good to see because it is, you know, the blue ribbon event are the most exciting when you really get some good competition. But as per usual, New Zealand has some sort of bigger names in Olympic terms further out in the field events. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be the case again this weekend in Christchurch. Yeah, you've got to expect the the big names, the Olympians, uh, Tom Walsh and the shot port, although he'll get to plenty of competition from uh, Jacko Gill. 
and some others. There's actually a number of um, young shot putters coming through, I, I suppose, just because of the exposure that that discipline's now getting, uh, especially in New Zealand. There's um, there's growing interest. But Tom Walsh, you know, he's a world beater. Uh, he's been working hard over the uh, our summer, mainly in the gym and just in his technique and those sorts of things. And I actually saw somewhere on social media that he 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 squatted or lifted uh, or bench pressed uh, a new record of women two hundred kilos or something or whatever it was. It, it was it was phenomenal. So I I had a, a word to him a couple of days ago, and I did ask him how training had been going over the summer, um, mostly in the gym, and uh, just how he felt it was it was going. I guess the winter training, summer training, whatever you want to call it, for me has has gone really well. It's got through some good weights and getting up some, some good numbers there, and, and and the throwing is coming along really well too. In terms of comparing to last year, about the same, uh, but ahead of where I was last year at the same points of time. So that's really exciting for me. Yeah, I saw a record weight somewhere along the line. That's that's important. That that's key, is it? Yeah, it's just continuing to see you know improvement made is, is great because you know I've been pretty much doing this full time now for about seven or eight years, and to to see that I still have have room for improvement in certain things is really good. I did see a prediction or something that you'd like to get close to the world record. Oh, look, I think uh, I'm definitely uh, starting to get into that type of shape. You know, it's going to be. You know, uh, I, I think I'll have some pretty good cracks at it in the next kind of year, that's for sure, and, and hopefully even further than that if I can stay injury-free. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with how uh, the throwing is going and, and pretty comfortable that, you know, uh, confident that if I don't do it, um, someone else will do it very soon. If you are looking to go record distances, have you tweaked anything that you're doing or is it just a matter of getting a bit stronger and a bit quicker? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's just getting a bit stronger, a bit quicker, a bit more, uh, again, a more mental, a better mental understanding of, of of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's, you know, I'm getting closer and closer all the time. Well, Tom Walsh obviously looking to sort of pick up where he left off and continue with a strong start to the new year. Another big name, Eliza McCartney. She's, what, 22 years old and has really captured the sort of imagination of the New Zealand sporting public in the last few years. Silver medalist, Com Games 2018. Um, didn't quite get the gold there, Bazza, but big star this weekend. She's obviously had a few injuries for a young woman as well. How's she going and what's, hap- what's happening with her this weekend? It's early in the season for Eliza, just like it is for the other internationals. Um, they have a big year ahead of them. They've got uh, Diamond League. They've got the World Championships later in the year. And, of course, this is the year to start qualifying for next year's Olympics. So a big one for her. She continues to have some issues uh, with uh, injuries. It's uh, some tendonitis in the hamstring area and a little bit of a setback for her during the week. Uh, she was meant to compete in a, a street event with shot putters and, and pole vaulters, but she pulled out of that with a little bit of uh, soreness in her hamstring. So that's disappointing, and I suppose it puts a bit of a, a cloud over her ahead of the Nationals. She's done reasonably well. She had a good uh, Potts Classic. Uh, she jumped 4.85 metres there, and she did have an attempt at the magical 5 metres, but uh, but missed out there. Uh, and then she went to Sydney and had three no uh, heights, um, which she just put down to a bad day, really. So she's got over that. 
Um, but I did talk to her about um, the season ahead and, and, and things that she's had to put behind her, mainly her injuries that she's really had since uh, for the last three years now, and it's interrupted each season. And I just asked her how she's, she's coping with those ongoing issues. Oh yeah, I know. I think I'm a lot better at coping with it, that's for sure. I think since even the Rio Olympics, about three years ago, I seem to have had a pretty decent injury every single year, or even a couple in a year that has really um, knocked me out of it. So I'm definitely used to it now. I think I've got the kind of mental aspect of it down a lot better than I used to, and so it's, it's not so stressful and frustrating if I have to miss one vault session or a few vault sessions. I can kind of just keep going, and I know that I've got a lot of training behind me that that really keeps me going. So it's funny, I feel like I've reached a good place in my career where I'm just making fine adjustments, so it's not so important. So what can we expect, or what do you want to do at the Nationals? I, mean, I don't really have any expectations, but that's pretty standard me and how I approach competitions. I don't tend to have many expectations. I tend to jump the best when I'm just enjoying it. I'm really happy and relaxed, and I'm just having fun, and that's when I've jumped the highest I've ever jumped. So I'm pretty relaxed just going into it without too much expectation. I'm really excited to jump at the new tracks. I've never competed in Christchurch, so that will just be really exciting in itself. And I'm just looking forward to getting out another competition. And so, as you say, long season, Diamond League and the World Championships later in the year, the year before the Olympics. So are you sort of, you're pacing yourself, you're building yourself up in, in, in the back of mind. Of course, you know, you've had injuries and that sort of thing. It's a, it's a big, big year ahead. It is, and yes, the summer season does turn a little bit into that um, for me, where it is somewhat of a build-up, and it doesn't mean that I won't necessarily jump high, and at the moment I'm on um, my full run-up, so there's no reason why I couldn't jump high, but I suppose I'm not necessarily in the groove of it yet, and that's not necessarily a bad thing when I've got quite a few months until October before I can compete at the pinnacle of the event um, of the season this year, so... Yeah, this, it, it, it's unintentionally turned into a little bit of a um, of, of a build up, but yeah, being on a long run, it means that anything could happen, really. Eliza McCartney, there, uh, wishing her all the best, uh, especially in those uh, injuries, and for the season ahead, she'll uh, of course come up against Olivia Taggart, the under, other international in the women's pole vote over the nationals uh, this weekend. So that's uh, extra time for this week. Many thanks to our rugby reporter Joe Porter for his input today. You can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.